S-I-R. The Surreal Life. Once again, welcome to The Surreal Life. I'm your host, S-I-R, and I got my guest for the day, Miss Alicia Ellis from the Healthy Living Kitchen. Say what's up to the people in this house. Hello, hello. Thank you, sir, for having me. Absolutely, it. absolutely. Now I'm a clown, I'm full of shenanigans, so the people need to know that I just, we just started this maybe about 15 minutes ago, but some guy decided that he didn't have the Mac charger plugged into the wall and the computer died and it didn't save. So now we're just going to run this whole thing back. We hadn't got too deep in, folks, so don't feel bad about it. I was just telling her about how I've been having a flawless um, meal and weight loss plan that has been yet to be penetrated by any temptations. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was telling her how I fell off the wagon and how I had to get back on because I had a rough few weeks that didn't really seem that they didn't seem rough because I was working. Like I was working on the business. So I'm in my mind I had told myself, you know what, sir? You've been doing a really good job on this business. So that's why you ain't been putting that much work into your health. You know what I mean? Like you've been doing good. Don't 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 knock yourself too hard. But when I start replacing the slices of pound cake and cookies, because Gitgo has some of the best cookies okay, known to mankind. See. see, we didn't even mention that. See last now time. now you just put yourself in a deeper hole in a deeper situation. But it was no cookies, no pound cake today. Right. So. None today. Today we clean. Today, yesterday, I realized that I came clean with myself. Today we clean. Consequences, repercussions have to be faced. We back on. That's what it is. Getting on the horse and falling. You know, getting back on that horse. That's the name but of it. But I didn't want to ask one question. Absolutely. Was the pound cakes, <laughs> you know, was it worth it? How do you feel today about the pound cakes? Do you regret it? Would you backtrack? Fix it? Now. Would you have four pieces instead of two? I would have had. The pound cake was worth it. Maybe not the four slices. Because after I had that first slice, I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong after the first slice. Now, the second and third was really just saying, well, sir, you done dug yourself in the hole now. You here now. We might as well get some more. And um, that probably I didn't need. But, and I ain't going to necessarily say I'd do it all over again because now I got to pay the price. So, but it was definitely worth it for that time. I feel like to go through this whole journey and not have any cheats is, I first think, unrealistic, you know, because you're going to fall. But I think the majority of the times that I've, quote unquote, falling off of the wagon. They were worth it. You know, whether it's that Angelo's pizza, Ooh, you know what I mean? Yes. Whether it's those damn cookies, like, you gotta treat yourself sometimes. You deserve it. But there's a difference between a cheat and a, and a fall. There is, there is, there's a difference. So I'm not even gonna sit here and act like they the same, cause they weren't. <laughs> so, what I'm, for those who don't know, who may be new to the show, this real life is always about inspiration, empowerment, and motivation. So I want to always like to bring my guests on here and kind of dive into a few different topics here. But I guess one of the first things I wanted to, Alicia, to shed a little light on was her business that she is a part of and just tell the people, you know, how this is beneficial to them. But let's first, you know, kind of tell them a little bit more about what you have going on. Awesome. So, the Healthy Living Kitchen LLC was established about a year and a half ago for my mom. She's mm -hmm. a professional culinarian. 
Delana Ramos, and our business partner, Rhonda Sharpley, who's a health coach. Okay. And with that, we do we offer food and education to organizations and individuals who value a healthy lifestyle. So what does that mean? That means like um, we've been in partnership with Metro Health Systems, nice. offering um, lunch and learns along with hands-on cooking classes. We've done great programs east and west of the city of Cleveland, really engaging the community, food desert communities at that. So within food desert communities, these are communities that don't have access to affordable, healthy foods Okay. within a walking one-mile radius. Um, so for instance, where we're located right now is a food desert community off of Prospect, um, you say our prospect? Yes. Okay. So we're, right now where we're located is actually considered a food desert community. So you're not far from here. What's you say it's off prospect? No, where we're at right here. Oh, today, okay. Okay. Yeah, this particular, at, okay. Yeah, this okay. location where we're at today is considered a food desert community as well. Okay. So we've been able to do great work in food desert communities with offering a lot of local grown produce along with, we also do catering as a business. And we have a small clientele of prepared meals that we serve as well. Okay. Um, really just focusing now on our on our educational programming and then looking to 2018 to open up our brick and mortar location that would be hopefully a cafe. Okay. I just want to kind of backtrack a little bit. You said a food desert. What exactly is a food desert? Just my brain would tell me is, you know, kind of self-explanatory. But can you share a little more loud? Because I've never heard that term. Actually. Sure. So food desert communities are epidemic within the entire nation of America. Okay. Um, right now, a food desert community is considered a community that doesn't have access to affordable, healthy foods, like vegetables and fruits, within right. a one-mile walking radius. Mm. So, um, for instance, if the Clark Fulton area, a lot of people say, well, that's not a food desert, you have the West Side Market. Well, if you live on the opposite side, you know, further down West 25th, and you it's longer than a mile radius, you're considered in a food desert community. Mm. So what we've done as a business, we've entered in to food desert communities, such okay. as Metro's Health main campus on West 25th, near 71, which is a food desert. Um, and we've, off we've offered educational programming along with um, providing farm stands where you can get access to healthy, affordable, That's fresh nice. food, fruits and vegetables. Um, that are grown and sourced locally within the city of Cleveland and the region. So all of the um, the produce y'all get is kind of like grown all locally, like as far as Ohio or more or less Cleveland or? A mixture of both. So we okay. also do a lot of partnerships with the Amish country, which is about 40, 40 minutes from here. So you're not getting anything from California or Mexico right. or right. Southern Ohio. Okay. Everything is sourced locally. We have a lot of farmers and growers. Um, within the city of Cleveland right. that we get a lot of fruits and vegetables, herbs, fresh herbs from um, plant gardens, etc. like that. Nice. And I feel like Ohio has always been a heavy produce area. Yeah, you agriculture. I mean? Definitely known yeah. for it. Yeah. What would you say would be like kind of like the primary things that Ohio is known for? Regarding for, food? Yeah. Growing yeah. it? Yeah. Um, apples? Apples. Um, and you, I feel like you can grow like lettuce. Um, like your spinaches and mm -hmm. kale, you can grow that here. Carrots. Right. Um, I mean, I have you heard of yellow watermelon? I haven't. Oh my gosh, it's the best <laughs> watermelon you'll really? ever taste. It's in, in it looks the same outside, so you uh. think, oh, I'm about to cut up and get this like reddish pink tint, and it's this like vibrant yellow. In the inside. In the inside, oh my gosh, change your life. Oh wow. 
and it's on Ohio. This is in Ohio. Oh, yeah. And um, check that out. It's to me, it's ten times sweeter. Mm -hmm. If you like the sweetness of the watermelon, yeah. go with the yellow. Um, oh, it, it changed my life. It huh. really did. But yeah, like cantaloupes, strawberries, grapes. But the thing about it, what we really practice within the Healthy Living Kitchen, yeah. is local seasonal. Okay. So for instance, when it's December here and we're getting strawberries from Mexico, mm -hmm. we know that's not Ohio seasonal right, 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 right. produce. Right. So what we focus on for right now, um, since we're just getting ready to exit out of spring and get into summer, mm -hmm. we don't have so much, like you're not gonna get your peaches right now. Um, you get your lettuce, um, maybe some apples, but really it's like the heart of it, it's like the end of June, beginning of July, you can get your watermelons, your strawberries, and then like your grapes and stuff will come September and end of August. Okay. So it's going with the seasons. Right. It's what we really practice. And my mom does a great job, Chef Yolanda, within creating seasonal local menus. So everything that she's cooking is what's housed in season right now for Ohio and the city of Cleveland. So with you guys setting up like the booths and things of that nature, is she is she like set up somewhere right now, like preparing the meals or how does that work is it because i know you say do like educational classes too yeah so i guess I, is the focus more or less still on like being able to supply produce for the community or is it still like the meal prepping or is it kind of yeah so we transition away from actually being the source of the farm stands okay um but we're in partnership right now with the st Clair superior corporate development corporation mm -hmm. Um, right there on East 55th, you can you can catch us on Saturdays from 9 to 1. You also can get a, your produce there, which right. the St. Clair Superior Development Corporation will be selling um, to the community, and we'll be doing live demonstrations there on how, you know, fun recipes on the product there, how to cook it, the health benefits of the product, the ingredients, and then each um, Saturday at the end of the month, we'll be doing a lunch and learn, where you can get a free meal, um, and then you'll learn what the Killing ingredients are within um, the food there as well. Oh, nice, nice. You know what I've been a real junkie of lately is um, cauliflower rice. Oh, okay. Cauliflower rice and uh, zucchini and eggplant, but really that cauliflower rice. Actually, the stocks on cauliflower is going through the roof. I blame it on a hipster. <laughs> I blame it on a hipster because it's like just the carbs with cauliflower it's, it's a replacement for everything coming out of these you wow. know it, it, ohio you can get fresh grown cauliflower that's great broccoli zucchini all like everything that you buy in your giant eagles or in your aldi's or save a lots mm -hmm. that's coming from mexico literally you can see it the s what is the sda um stamp on it says mexico or most likely california wow. you want to get the stuff that's grown locally right. because of the health benefits that are in there you know, we, we preach a lot within our business the concept of eating local and seasonal foods because there's a lot of health benefits that you get in there, like honey. Right. A lot of people don't know that if you if you get healthy, organic source local honey mm -hmm. from the city of Cleveland and you have like bad allergies or sinus infections or a cold, you put some of that locally grown honey within the city you live from mm -hmm. and you can get that stuff clear right up. A little really? bit of lemon, a little bit of tea. Hmm. You're good to go. But a lot of people don't know that. that. Right. You know, they're like, oh, I just drink honey that's coming from, you know, God knows where. Right. Um, but if you get the stuff that's grown, you know, within your within your demographics, within your area, your surroundings, 
it's better for you. Why does it make a difference versus locally versus somewhere else? Why does that kind of affect it so much? So first, regarding your produce, it's the time that it takes to travel here. Okay. Um, and then a lot of it is you want to look for um, what are that you want to know the area your food is coming from because you don't know what they're doing in, in California right. where that food's coming from. Right. You don't know the environment. You don't know what else is being grown there. Um, if you know your farmers and your growers, we've built relationships throughout the region here within our business on where our food is coming from. So we could actually go back there and see that this is being grown from the dirt. It's not right. something that's genetically modified. Um, some of the stuff that it looks, your, your tomatoes look like watermelons. Right. There's that right. something is not right with that situation. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, if you can get something that um, you know where it's coming from. Right. And you can see, wow. And then, you can, then you're able to connect with yeah. your food. I mean, right. what you eat and how it controls you, um, it's, it makes a big difference whether it's local coming from you know, your backyard right. something that you know I have aunts that's you know, one of my aunts is, came from Puerto Rico and she's been growing her own farm garden in the backyard for years and she's in her 90s Wow! so if my aunt can get back there and plant tomatoes and peppers and right. all those sorts of things why can't we mm-hmm. you know why can't we be more involved and if you're not into it you know okay Everyone's not a farmer. Everyone's not a grower. Right, I get it. I guess. But to a certain degree. To a certain degree. Right. But look at it. Look at the labels. Look at where's your food coming from. Look at what's in your food. Right. Um, it's important, and it plays an effect on your everyday flow. You want to know why you're tired. Mm-hmm. You go to McDonald's and eat a burger, and you just want to watch Netflix and chill. Right. Why? Right. Something's in that food that's making you lethargic. Absolutely. Low energy. Mm-hmm. Um. There's sources behind that. And you want to know why. I want to feel good every hour, every minute, every moment of the right. day. Because I'm, I'm moving quick. Right. So in order for me to live that high speed lifestyle, mm-hmm. I have to be nourishing my body properly. And that's that's interesting you say that. Because it's like, I remember um, a friend, she's a nutritionist. She always used to tell me when I first started this, this journey of mine. She'd say, look at the back of the pack. Okay. First of all, some people may not know this, but the ingredients on the back are arranged in order of how much of that particular substance is in there. So if it's first, that's the most of it that's in there, first of all. But then she say, if you can't pronounce it, there it is. you probably shouldn't be eating it. You know what I mean? And it makes real good sense. Like if, now go look at the back of some of that package of that stuff and just all those multi-syllable words that you're seeing in there. And it's like, that's what's going in your body. Do you know what it is? Google it. Right. Take those words, it's gonna right. take you like three or four minutes to type it out because they're so long. Right. Right. And see what the source is. And right. Most of the time, you can even find a real answer on Google yeah. because it's it's so it's wrapped not up that, in bureaucracy. It's not just that word, too. Mm-hmm. It's like right. all these things that create that word. Yep. For that word to be what it is. Right. So yeah, right. it's it's profound to really understand what's going into your body and, then and what you're paying money for. Right. Right. You're paying money for it, and you're you're usually paying uh, less money for the BS, and then also to know your body too. Because everybody's got to kind of know their body. I think I kind of started to notice that maybe like a few years ago, especially with dairy and even to mention the sweets. Because it's like, you wonder why you're in the You wonder why you catch clothes so often, why your head's so stuffy. And for me, dairy was a big part of that process. You know, those those things, the cheeses, the milks and things of that nature. And um, nose is stuffy, you know, backed up, feeling clogged up, feeling lethargic and even sleep. Okay. 
first of all, I'm not a fan of sleep anyway. I'm one of the rare people that if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. But I remember I would used to always be eating all these sweets, you know, AKA my kryptonite. I'd be eating these sweets and then I would wake up in the morning feeling like I was drinking last night. You know what I mean? Like wow. I'm feeling sluggish and kind of irritated. And then also that feeling of I'm not quite ready to get up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people would tell me I just slept 12 hours and when I woke up, I still was tired. Well, you should probably take a look at what you ate before you went to sleep. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it has a big part to play in it. But for me, I started to notice that it was the sweets. And then you got to kind of do tests on your body. You know, you got to test it out. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, let me stop eating these sweets right before I go to bed. You That's a I mean? good point because if you eat it for lunch, you know, mm -hmm. your noon hours, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, and you have the rest of the day to burn it off, right? Sweat it out, right? Rather than eating it nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. Huge difference. It's a huge difference. And then also your your body is at its highest burning point at that point. Your metabolism is clicking on all cylinders exactly. around eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock time. So it's like anything you're putting in your body, it's it's prime candidate. You know, um, but yeah, that's that's a that's interesting. I didn't really, I didn't really pay too much attention on it being that locally and having that much impact on it because you know where it's coming from. Um, I remember me and my uh, one of my friends, we were uh, working on a smoothie concept, the smoothie business. So we were we were actually in a hunt for like fruit, but we weren't in just regular hunt. Like we were trying to find like the Pablo, the Pablo Escobar, this fruit stuff. Like we was all over the place. So I remember that was like one of my first experiences and really cracking down on looking at these cases to see where this stuff is coming from because if I can figure out where it's coming from I can find Pablo right. that was my first thing before I even got to diving in on okay so what are they doing where this is coming from because it, you can even take it a step further as far as like fertilizer how they're raising this fruit how they're raising yeah. the produce you know what, what are mean? they spraying it with what etc right. you had asked me you know what's the most beneficial of getting it locally and the, the third one for me is you're growing your own local economy right? right if i'm helping the farmers two three blocks down the street from where the, the ones that are gardening you know if i can help them that money stays in source of our community within our city right now if i'm buying stuff from california we're not seeing no profit within ohio right we're not seeing no profit within the city of cleveland within you know your buckeye community you're seeing the california seeing the profit right so right. we always like to emphasize that and for me you know with my background within business that that has to be a huge motive for you you know right. to want to see people in your community thrive and right. if i can help you know spend a dollar on some peppers to source my local economy then that's what i'm going to do right. but you have to get the word out Absolutely. people don't understand the benefit but i just wanted to make sure i mentioned you know those are my three you know components of why i think you know eating and buying local right it's profitable and I'm glad you said that because I'm gonna bring that back up in a few minutes that's a good little point there but um, I think that's a big thing especially with Cleveland you know because there was a point in time a very large point in time where the economy you know I took in a little dive and it, the, one of the biggest reasons why it is beginning to thrive again because that money is staying in the city it's beginning to be spent in the city and duplicated in the city and people are actually kind of moving to the city and spending those dollars locally so that definitely plays a big part in building up the economy and allowing the fruit to build the fruit. You know what I mean? Definitely. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Right. I mean, to grow up here, to be the second generation born in the city of Cleveland, it's beautiful to see, you mm -hmm. know, new buildings going up and economic development and 
urban planning happening and people right. just wanting to be entrepreneurs. I mean, not wanting the whole nine to five mindset mm -hmm. that their parents had, that the baby boomers had. It's like the millennial generation is really coming in with full force. Right. It's like, no, we're going to mix it up a little bit. Right, right. And we're going to switch this up a little bit. And we learn. I mean, right. you learn from what the generations before you have done. Mm -hmm. But for us to just repeat it and knowing that it got us in the situation that we're in now and negatively. It's asinine. It's, it's, it defeats the whole purpose. Exactly. You know? To learn. Right. To learn and live better than what people before you did. Right. If we can't do that as people, then. What's the point? We're kind of yeah. defeated. I, I always felt like um, we should push the envelope for the ones that came before us, okay? And I'll, I'll, use, a, I'll use an inner city example here. It's like, you can't pass down project housing. You know what I mean? Project housing should not be passed down. Like, if my people grew up in the projects, my job is to move one step up. I can move five if I want, if I'm feeling, you know, excited about life, you know what I mean? But at least to push it forward so that the ones that come after you can say, okay, you know, I saw that. So let me push this one step forward, you know what I mean? And that's how, that's how you grow. That's how you grow as a community. That's how we grow as a people. But that's a mindset. That is a mindset. You know, to that whole language. I mean, I know a lot of people, a lot of family and friends that say, well, this is how my, my parents did it. This is how I was raised, you know. Look how I turned out. Like, as if it was a good thing. Right. So, no, let's be real. Let's stay in truth. Mm -hmm. Like, I could have turned out better if I would have had this differently. Or I would have had this resource. Or this opportunity. So, right. instead of making it seem like your life was great because you feel like you turned out great. So, let's revisit some things and see how we can improve as a culture. Right. As a people group. And then to go even deeper as a family. You know, and, I, and if we can just change that mindset of, well, my parents did it this way, and, you know, just to seem like it's comfortable. Right. Like, you know, you want to exceed past what your parents did and what their parents did. That, that should be the ultimate goal, to build a legacy. It's almost like, and I'm all about making these comparisons, but it's exactly like when you say it's apples grown here, okay? That example is like, well, my parents growed apples nothing wrong with growing apples that's that's all i've known was apples yeah that's fine but there's more things you can grow you can grow yellow watermelons okay you know what i mean and it's like what are we what's being planted what's being planted from from those around us what are we planting out here even as a, even a little bit even far as past the fruit past the produce what are we putting in what seeds are we putting into the into the field you know what i mean are we putting in seeds that are fruitful are we putting in seeds that are poisonous you know we kind of even touched on this the other day but it's like what are we planning out here and i think that's that's one thing that people are but it's also perception yeah because if, if it's like if all you know is apples and all you ever have seen is apples then it takes a very 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 creative mind to even take a dare to think that anything else exists besides apples. apples. You know what I mean? Like, like apples is the only fruit I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? But it's kind of different if you drive, if somebody drives past and they got a watermelon in their hands. Like, oh, where the hell you get that watermelon? Now that creates that perception. It's like, huh? But then it all. Now you have a choice. Now you have a choice to be like, well, all I've ever known was apples, versus. All I've never known was apples, but I've seen a watermelon. I've seen one with my own eyes. Right. I've seen it. You know what I mean? Now you got the question of whether you want to be like, well, I 
think I kind of want a yellow watermelon. I want to see what that tastes I like. I want to see what that tastes like. Because right. I know what apples taste like. I done had these apples. You know, I'm trying to switch it up. Right. You know? And your life is evidence, I believe, of whether you're planting poisonous seeds or fruitful, rich, life-filled seeds. Right. Your life is a representation of that. It's right. a mere if reflection of exactly what you're planting and what you're watering. You know, that's it's pretty much as simple as that. Mm -hmm. If you always seen negativity and depression and you know, I, I don't want to get up for work today or oh, oh, I'm just going to work this, this job, this ends meet job, living paycheck to paycheck. You know, that's evidence of what you're planning and the seeds that you, you, you're choosing to water right. rather than, you know, changing a mindset and say, well, I'm, I'm going to be hungry and I'm going to, I'm going to plant peas of positive seeds of positivity. Right. And I want to see the fruit from that versus the fruit from over here. Right. Cause it's both fruit. Right. And we talked about this uh, a couple of days ago. Right. It's both fruit. It's both fruit. But that don't mean I was in the hood eating them little, them little red berries that came off the tree. Cause mama told me don't eat them berries. They ain't good for you. They daily. Deadly. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, when I look at it like that, it's interesting because there are times in lives where we sit there and we look at them red berries and I say, I'm going to eat them red berries. Because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> and I'm going to eat them red berries. And I don't care if I die or not, I got to eat them red berries. But it's, it's, it's almost an insane concept because at the end of the day, there is other fruit around. So I guess the question is, how do we, how does one condition themselves to not eat the berries? You know what I mean? to changing that fruit because not every fruit even even from a positive standpoint none of us are perfect right you know what i mean so we may render some bad fruit in hell we may even render some weeds you know because even weeds kill fruit you know what i mean weeds kill fruit if you got a garden now remember my mom used to always have a garden always have a garden we'd always plant it i was actually the digger i was always digging the garden up i knew come a certain time of year get outside and dig that dig that garden up so she could plant. Dig that garden up, boy. <laughs> dig that garden up is what she would tell me in the nicest way possible. Then pops would come with the flip side. But um, I remember them weeds, between the weeds and the animals. Mm. You know what I mean? It's always something trying to steal. get at your fruit. Trying to steal the fruit. Trying to steal your fruit. Mm. It's always something out there trying to steal that fruit. And we got to have different different mechanisms, you know what I'm saying? We got to have different weapons against them. You know what I mean? Because it's like those weeds, you would always have to pull them out because they're always consistent. They're consistent. We was even talking about that. I can't remember what, uh, what, do we, what were we referring to the weeds as? What was weeds? You remember what we was talking when we said that? I remember talking about weeds. Ah, man. But we know in this situation still that weeds are detrimental to the growth mm -hmm. of fruit and produce. You know what I mean? And even the animals, and there's so many things that may interfere with what we are trying to plant. And sometimes you're gonna lose some of the crops. You know, I'm sure even even dealing with you know the farmers that you deal with, even the weather may have a factor oh, on it. You know, too much. Especially this climate control. Right. That's been happening. It's crazy. Interesting for farmers and whatnot. But when you got the machines and you're injecting fruit, it don't really. You gonna get yours regardless. Right. It's just all it's more like man-made than you know growing from the ground and the earth really making it grow rather than chemicals and etc. So you would say that the global warming. I'm just gonna switch gears a little bit. So would you say 
from what you've observed that the global warming is having an effect on naturally growing the fruit? I mean, the produce in general, I guess? I would definitely say yeah. Because you think about the four seasons. Right. Um, in Ohio, you know, Ohioans, we value four seasons. Absolutely. We get each season. And a lot of people, like you talk about Florida, they don't get it. So they don't understand. But when you get four months of fall and you see the trees you know have all these different colors and then they, they lose the colors and then it goes into winter four months of winter and you just all the snow but the snow is just another way to water that ground right that you're going to eventually pull back up for when spring comes right so then you got four another four months of a lot of rain but what comes after that your harvest right then you get all this so when global warming starts to happen, I mean, we kind of experienced it within this whole year itself. It's like we have been having a lot of May, a rain in May, right? Rather than in April. What is it? Uh, April showers bring forth May, May flowers, right? You know, we kind of been seeing a bunch of crazy stuff happening right. here, and we didn't have a real bad winter. Right. And we're all happy, like yeah, right, no snow, you know, <laughs> the Florida's coming to Ohio. It's like right. wait. Something is something's changing here, and you have to be alert and aware of this is changing. Now, how is this going to affect the way I feel? Right. How is this affecting the food I eat? Now, it doesn't matter if you're getting your food source from California and Mexico, but Ohio was number is number one in agriculture. Wow. So, I mean, right. When that starts to affect us, it, it changes a lot. It changes a lot of for farmers and growers whether it's a, a small basis of your backyard or you have hundreds of acres of it. But then even also to add on to that, it's like coming back to that locally grown, locally supported, it's like you don't know what's going on with that out there in Cali or Florida. And it's like, I'm sure there's shots out to all, both of those states, but it's like, I just don't know what you're doing in your backyard. You know what I mean? Some are doing it organically, some are not. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, I don't know. And as a consumer, it, it alerts me a little bit. You know what I mean? And then if you're t still throwing in the climate change situation, because uh, they're already at a shortage of water, you know, that's already an issue. God forbid there'd be some droughts where there's a lack of rain. Where and you're going to see all a bunch of here. people in the land. Right. They're going to be flooded over <laughs> right. here. Right. This is, this is where the water is at. Right. So Absolutely. You have, to you have to value what you have. Yeah. I mean, we, we have four seasons, and unfortunately... Not everyone valued that. And right. there was a lot of, you know, scientific things that have come out since then that maybe our forefathers didn't know so much of. Maybe, maybe they didn't. I can't speak for them. Right, right. All I can know is the situation we're in now right. was created by someone. Right. Uh, multiple groups in yeah. um, governments and things at that sort. So it's like, okay, well, this is where we're at now. What's the blueprint moving forward? Right. Because we're all a... We're all playing a part in it. We're all responsible. Whether we're on the uh, the fighting end or the, or the receiving end, we're all playing a part of it. We're all responsible for what we're right now. Because all, we all had that one lesson in school where, you know, turn your light off when you leave your room. <laughs> right. Or don't let the water run while you brush your teeth. Right. It's like, man, I want to let this water. What's two right. seconds going to do for me? Right. But you got people in California who can't even water their lawn. Like, right. they're looked down upon if they water their lawn. Over here, I mean, we got car washes in Cleveland almost on every other corner. Right. And we're watering our lawn. I mean, our, our green, our grass right. is green grass over is here. Very green. <laughs> very green. But what are we doing to preserve right. the water sources that we have? I mean, 
No, I mean, if I had a, a nice, you know, 2017 car, I would want to have a car wash every day. But right. is, is that a need? Or a want. Or a want. Right. Because eventually, I mean, we are going to have the largest resource of water, Absolutely. fresh water in the entire world. Absolutely. And we're washing our cars rather than feeding people and letting people drink fresh water. And, you know, there's different, you have to have a different mindset and a, a blue point going forward with what we're doing now and what's our next steps going forward right. for a nation and for a world. I mean, this is, this is some, some serious stuff. You start talking about scarcities of water. Right. I mean, that's, I don't want to be without water. I, I, I drink water all day, every day. So to be without water, I wake up like, okay, I need a glass of water. Right. Gotta get this water. Gotta got the, gotta get this water. So it's like for me to think about wow, not having fresh water. I can just think about you know other countries. That's that's not a resource for them already. Right. And how I value water. I, I value brushing my teeth in the morning. I I mean, damn. Imagine waking up with you know you wake up and you gotta go all day without brushing your teeth. Right, because you ain't got no water. So, I mean, this mic, I mean, we were over here, this would be some messed up situations. You'd right. go a couple of days without messing, brushing your teeth. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I would be parched right now if I didn't have my thirst quenched by some water. Yes. And it would be very bad. I'd be cottonmouthed over here, looking like Jim Carrey. We'd probably have like a, a glass right in front of us, like right. blocking each other. <laughs> the breath of the power. Right, you know? so right. So, it's just like things like that it's I little things. think about. Yeah. To just be, to appreciate it and put plans in place that, you know, we're not just being wasteful right. of resources like that. And knowing this is a, this is a blessing, this is a resource, there's places and areas, they don't have it. They don't have access to it. I was just speaking with a guy from, uh, from Colombia, and he was telling me about, um, he was really just shedding more light on the global warming. And how, you know, because um, we were t clearly talking about winter in Ohio. I said, yeah, man, it wasn't that bad here. He's like, oh, nice. my friend, like, this is bad. <laughs> but, you know, he's got from Columbia. But uh, I said, yeah, man, it's the global warming, of course. He said, yeah, you should, you know, see how it's affecting the rest of the world. Because it's like, even, for example, with, like, the mudslide in India, you know, where it's places where it's traditionally, you know, dry. You know what I mean? Now you're getting mudslides. Now you're getting abundance of water. And he's like, you gotta think about it from that perspective because you got dice caps are melting. And you got this fresh water going into the ocean. Mm -hmm. When it goes into the ocean, it evaporates. And when it evaporates, it goes back into the air. And when it goes back into the air, we get rain. You know what I mean? And we get a lot of it because you gotta remember where it's coming from. These, these, you know, the caps. You know these icebergs so it's like we're basically raining our, our our resources away because we're you know raping mother nature but it has to start there because we're so misinformed right i mean how many people in india i don't want to make assumptions but we don't have resources to know that this is coming from the ice caps mm -hmm. we just think wow this is a great gift from god right <laughs> we get right finally we're gonna get some water but it's like right. uh someone knows the real right and it's, it seems at times like this, it's hard to get the real. Right, right. So it's like, well, we, we need to know what's going on. We need to be aware of it because this is, I don't have any children left, but right. I hope to have children one day. Right, with some water. With some water. Mm -hmm. You mean, you know, I want to, you know, have water for myself and right. for my family and just for people in general. We deserve that. Because that's the, we're, we're in a, a wasteful society because the majority of society and probably the people that came before us are like, eh. We'll let the next generation take care of this. 
it's gonna come a time when the next generation gonna be looking back like, what the fuck were they doing here? And that's what we're saying. Right, right. And it's only at least that's what I'm saying. I can it. only speak for myself, and I've been right. looking around like, you can just look at like background in urban planning. So I look around at the building structures. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you look at downtown Cleveland. If anyone's familiar with the city and the layout, right. We have two of our three sports teams in in the city further right. within the roads why not on the lake right why not utilizing the lakefront more right you know so i've been in presentations where you, you hear about that you hear about how the layout of the city is and this is like even the structure of buildings right we can get into right. some deep stuff about right. the city of cleveland and the layout and the format of we're still operating out of stuff that are centuries old centuries and want to know why we're so behind. Every, I mean, the mu- you think about the music scene. I lived in Florida for two years. Okay. And when I travel back, I'm like, y'all haven't heard this song yet? He's like, no. I was like, you're talking about months ahead of it. Right. The clothes, the restaurants. You know, stuff is so behind here. And it's like, why can't why can't we be the forerunners? Mm-hmm. Why can't we lead for once? And they talk about Ohio is like that, the state of the, the, the heart of the, the nation. So if we're stuck to the heart of the nation, why aren't we like doing stuff to change the nation rather than city of Cleveland? We're just so damn behind trying to play catch up. Right. You know, but we, we need, we need to do a lot of, we need, we're off to a good start. Good know? start. It's good steps start. by steps. We had a first win a championship, so that right. was good, but it's that like, was fantastic. we need to follow up game plan moving on from here. Absolutely. Absolutely. My yeah. opinion. Absolutely. Totally understandable. I think we got a, we got our roles we got to play and it all comes back to kind of what you said with like mirroring you know, what we want to see in this mm-hmm. world. Like, we got to put it out there. It's it's one thing to sit around and, and, and have these discussions and these chit-chats, like, it's council meetings, but it's like, it's another thing to be able to implement that, you know, individually, because it's contagious. Right. Whether it's positive, whether it's negative, whatever it is that you're putting out is, is always contagious. What we're, we're living in a contagious world, and that's why there are certain avenues where they put certain things in places because they are contagious mm-hmm. and they are capable of being spread yeah. you know but we have each person has the power we have the power individually to, together we the people you know have the power right. so it's about being able to mirror that and taking that step as an individual to say okay this is what I'm going to do this is how I want to make this situation better this is what I'm going to apply and not just a band-aid right not just a band-aid but getting to the root mm-hmm. and you know bringing health to it Right. You cover up with a band-aid, you're not really healing it. You're just covering up right now. Or stop the bleeding. Right. But it's right. still it can get an infection. You don't sort if you don't take care of it the right way. So right. it's just like, let's take care of the root. Let's get to the root. I'm gonna get to the root. Right. Right. Now that that's my motive. That's my my motive is to get to the root of the, of the problems. What is the need for communities in the city of Cleveland? Right. Across the nation. Right. I mean, you can't, I can't start talking about different nations and et cetera. I have to at least start in my own backyard. I'm a huge advocate of that. You know, maybe one day I'll be out in the nations and doing that great stuff. But right now I feel like I have a responsibility to start where I'm at. The city that I got my education from, mm-hmm. Cleveland Public High School graduate, wasn't the best. Got my degree from Cleveland State, not getting my MBA from there. It's like, I have a responsibility right. to at least attempt to rally the troops in the city of Cleveland to to give back to build upon what's already been built mm-hmm. to restore 
the things that are broken. And, you know, if all goes to plan, I'll be able to do that and then eventually spread the wings. But I feel like you have to, you all, we always talk about the presidency and things like that. Well, do you vote within your mayoral race? Do you vote for your councilmen? Do you even know you have councilmen? Right. You know, it right. just goes back to simple things like that. You're so worried about what the president is doing and etc. But what are you doing in your own community? Your own local, your backyard. Have you been to your old high school? I mean, we both volunteer at John Marshall. Right. So, but there's only a few of us that do that. And it's not, you know, it's not knocking anyone. It's just saying like, this is awareness. You should, you should get involved. And if you don't know how to, contact me. Right. No. I think that was that was a eye-opening situation for me. Was uh, first coming from where I came from, you know, it, it was a certain point in time where I feel like the only things that I could do to make money were, you know, sports, entertainment, and I- illegal activities, you know, and it was that inability to see those options. Like all I see is apples. You know what I mean? And even to the point of mind where it's like, and that's where you get that choice. It's like, okay, I see that watermelon, but I don't see none of my people over here with no watermelon. Right. All we got is apples. So either we can't get that or that ain't for us. Right. You know what I mean? And one thing that I kind of realized in school, which in college, and most of the things I learned in college wasn't in the classroom. It was just from social interactions and taking my knowledge and learning whatever I wanted to learn outside, was that... There is that bridge, that bridge, okay? You get people, you got one side of the people who got apples. You got the other side of the people that didn't cross the bridge and got watermelons. But the people with the watermelons looking back at the people with apples like they ain't never won apples, like they ain't never known apples, like I ain't going back there. You know what I mean? I got mine, so I'm just going to keep going this way. <laughs> but it's as simple, it's, it's very simple. Nobody telling you you got to go hold somebody by the hand and walk them back across the bridge. But it's as simple as being present, being being vocal, letting them know that hey, I'm not superhuman. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't have anything that you don't have. You know what I mean? I just wanted something that you don't have, and that we can all have the same thing. Like there is nothing. There's nothing standing in between me and whatever it is that I'm shooting for, except for me. And I think that's a, a big a big hangup. That, that bridge, first of all, is that bridge where we're forgetting to connect that dot. But then also that biggest competition being myself is like, once you get past the point of mind where it's like, I'm not in competition with myself because I'm not in competition with myself. I'm my number one supporter. Like, I believe in me. You know, I'm 1,000% in my corner. So then it's like, where does the competition come in? You know? It's like, it's, it's, it's schizophrenic thinking to think that, oh, I'm against myself. I'm like, I'm my own biggest competition. Okay. And I can see how it developed into that state of mind, but it's like, once you get past that, it's like, okay, hey, we in this. We in this to win it. Because right. I can't beat you unless I take you out. And that's suicide. I can't beat you unless I take you clean out the game. That's the only way. So let's join forces and let's get it. But it's that bridge and being able to, to establish like, hey, you can do this. It's always an option. The option ain't always pretty. The option ain't always sexy. Or easy. Or easy. Rarely is it easy. Right. But if it was, you, you wouldn't be in the situation you were in. Right. No one around you would be in the situation they're in. If it was easy. If it was just, oh, I'm going to just put on this color shirt today and it's all going to change. It's, right. it's work. 
Right. It's work, but no one is going to just do it for you. And I think, you know, that's the concept of just bringing present for people to, to be present back into the situations that they came out of. Right. To let them know that there is hope. There is a chance, you know, but you hold that in yourself. And, and us as people, I don't think we're fully aware of that power. Right. That authority that we walk in and that we own. If you know that, it, you know, it's... It's, right. it's on and popping and you just gotta you go, you're gonna go forth and it's contagious right and then everywhere you go every person you come in contact with you're like wow that person got something but it's not that envious jealousy type of thing it's that wow I, I wanna know how you got there I wanna know what it is that you overcome how did you overcome it right but you have to go back and be present for that to happen you can't be on TV people watching you cause they're never gonna be able to truly relate it is no oh he was from the same hood I was from. Okay. Well, what's the blue point? Right. You know, and really just touching back to, and that's why I'm, all, I'm a huge advocate of the give back. But in order to give back, you have to give get something. Right. Right. That that you didn't have before to give back to your community or the people that you grew up with, etc. But it, it, it's being present and telling your story. You have to share, because you don't know what the next person has done or been through and they're trying to overcome their addiction etc it's like wow if i just share a little bit of light on the obstacles that i've been able to overcome by knowing who i am and going through those things then i should be able to share that with right. other people so they can feel empowered and then everywhere they go everyone they touch with they now feel empowered right so it's just spreading that light and not just being like i'm gonna get mine and go and go right and go and never come back you know that's selfish to me it is a lot of people always ask why have you moved you you could do this you could do that in this city this and that no i feel this is responsibility within me to do it here first if you can do it here in the city of cleveland i mean only cleveland there knows this if you can do it here and, and you can become what you dreamed about and what you work towards then you know the sky ain't the limit the stars aren't the limit it's way beyond imagination of what you could be able to achieve but you have to bake you have to break through those barriers first within your your community right. and that's only that's my story you know i can't speak for everyone i know a lot of people who's been successful moved out but for me you know i feel like i have to start here i have to shed the light here but i still feel like barriers regardless have to be broken through you oh, know yeah. what i mean breaking a barrier lets you know that you can break something right because if you never break anything then it's like oh i don't have that ability to even do that you got to be able to break barriers and then even at the same point even being able to realize that how little a barrier can be you know i, I always say this is that we don't give ourselves enough credit for the little things that we do because those little things create large snowballs that kind of give us that momentum that we need to achieve those bigger things. There's so much that we kind of just take for granted. But being able to break through those barriers and realizing that, hey, I did that. You know what I mean? Even, I don't I don't care what situation you're in. Um, there's There was always something that you had to break through. There's always a risk involved that you decided to take. Whether Straight it was down, easier down, or harder down, than down. the next one that you would take. There's always an option for, for a level of hardship that had to be endured in order for you to do what you had to do. So when it comes time for you to switch gears, to switch into something else that you have never done before, that you feel a little hesitant to do because of this, that, or the third, you got to look back at that last situation 
that you put yourself into because you wanted to do it. It was a choice. Right. It was a choice that you wanted to do. And think about the hardships that came with that that you kind of overrid, overrid because that's what you wanted to do. That's the choice I want to make. And I was, I was just saying this was like the phrase, like the world moves aside for the man that knows what he wants. The world don't necessarily move aside for the man that knows what he wants. The man who knows what he wants just knows he's going to have to move the world aside. Like, as opposed to, if I don't know what I want, That's good. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Like I know that there's going to be obstacles coming. Like, if you don't know what you want, it's always, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Hmm. The person who knows what they want knows that that's coming. It's not even a question. Like, oh, I know something's going to come out. It's just a matter of time. So I just know I need to be prepared. And since I'm already going for what I know that I want, I'm prepared for it to come my way. You know what I mean? It's like, like, it's like if I'm trying to get to that door, okay, and there's a table blocking me from getting to that door. But I know I got, I'm, my goal is to get out that door. So I know that I got to go around that table. Okay. I know I gotta go around that table whether I go over it, whether I go under it, whether I go around it, or whether I go through it. I know that table needs to be maneuvered in order for me to get out of that door. Okay. But if I if I'm simply thinking about I need to get out of this room and I don't know whether I'm going through the window, I don't know if I'm going through the door, I don't know if I'm going through the wall, now I got a whole lot of what ifs I need to figure right. out. You know what I mean? Right. If I'm going through the wall, God, I got to put a lot of energy into that. I got to bust through it. I don't know how thick it is. Is it brick on the other side of that wall? You know what I mean? The window. How far up? It's so many what ifs. But if I know what I want and I know where I'm going, then it's like, okay, I know it has to be done. You know what I mean? Even if the choice was I'm going out the window. If I've made up in my mind I'm leaving here in the window, then I just, I know it's going to be a rough fall. I might not fall. I might be able to escape the side of the building. But at the end of the day, I know that's the way that I'm going to take it. You know, so we just kind of prepare ourselves. So I don't think the world moves aside. The man is just prepared, more prepared to move it out the way. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So what's, what's on the, uh, so what's next on the horizon? What's next up for you? I hear a lot of empowering things on over there. What's the next one? That's like the million dollar question. The million dollar? Yeah. And I'm just putting the work in right now. Um, but I definitely feel for me I'm in a, a place of transition. Right. But I recognize it and I think that's the most beautiful thing that you can recognize because if you don't recognize it then you're in a place of panic. A lot of anxiety and fear and doubt comes into play if you don't recognize where you're at and what season you're in. Right. So I recognize that I'm definitely, in, you know, it's about the spring's about to be over. Well, we've got like almost two weeks left in spring. Absolutely. So I'm thankful for the last two weeks of spring. Um, well, each really just take it each day right now. I know some things are on the forefront. A lot of things are developing. Uh, but I need to take some Alicia time. Right. And process really the things that I've been able to achieve. Um, the lessons learned, the things that I did that I could have changed, um, and just really processing that and looking back, reflecting. I don't think we take enough time to do that within, because I'm so go, go, go. I'm so right. busy. So being able to take this time these next two weeks and really process what my life has been and the things that now has become, 
and the work and the evidence of the work. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, I got a lot of things on the horizon. Um, nothing that I want to announce prematurely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, I do got some things cooking. I just, um, I'm really using the time right now to process, to see my next steps and to order them. I like to see the, the battlefield before I go to battle. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I, I played softball for a long time. I'm in high school, et cetera, in college. Mm-hmm. And I used to like to just go to the field the, the night of or the day of or even a couple hours before. I like to see what's the temperature going to be like. Right. You know, I, right. I always had to look at the forecast for the game. Because what type of environment I'm walking into before I get there. Right. I like to know. So looking at the battlefield before I go out, planning and implementing, planning to implement the strategy. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. It's even almost, when you were saying that earlier, it made me feel like, um, well, it's in the midst of a harvest. And when you said season, even in the season of your life, you know, because it's like um, the fruit's not ready to be picked yet. So the harvest isn't over. It's almost a growing season, you know, watering tending to it almost if spring is over it's almost like spring or the season before is setting in for you definitely so that's an exciting exciting chapter definitely you know? fruitful and you know you do a lot of things for me you do a lot of things that sometimes you don't see the fruit right away absolutely and we get discouraged impatient it's like why why you know i did all this for this person and right you know i wasn't even getting paid or I put in so many hours and no one even gave me recognition or anything like that. We get discouraged and we, we stop. Right. We stop prematurely before we're able to harvest the fruit. Right. Now, things take time. Mm-hmm. And one thing I feel like I, I learned at an early age is the fact that patience is a virtue. Right? You always hear that. Right. It's like, well, what does that even mean? You know, what is patience? What right. is a virtue? It's really taking ownership of the time you put in to reap the evidence of that time. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you always reap the time you put into something. And I feel like this process here, this transition, I'm just reflecting on, wow, you know, I did put a lot of time there and I, and I did do this and I did do that. And okay, I could have did that better. I built this relationship. Oh, let me follow up with that person. Right. You know, I'm so fast paced that, you know, I don't slow down and I don't, become present in those moments and I really feel like you know I'm I'm transitioning to something much greater than me Um, it's more the we and recognizing that it's not just for Alicia you know this is this are for the generations to come when you when you recognize that it's like wow that's that power yeah that's a that's an eye-opening experience that's eye-opening yeah and it's great um but it's trying and it's challenging but I believe that it pays off and you have to continue to persevere you can't just expect the flower to pop up the same day you plant the seed and you water the seed yeah I used to be like that when I was a kid like we can't we definitely can't microwave the process but I remember I remember I would plant some seeds you know go out there to that garden within a week I'm on my knees looking down trying to figure out what's what and I'm like I don't see nothing out here like this is this is dead, and what's interesting is that I don't, we had these little science experiments experiments in, in school where it's like you would plant you would plant the veggies in like a jar. I don't know if you ever did this, but you would plant them in like a mason jar, 
you would kind of stuff the center with like newspaper or something, wet newspaper. And then you would kind of just leave the seeds. So the seeds were pressed up against the glass. Okay. So you could see when it was actually beginning to grow. Like you could see, like where you can't see it underground. You can't see it when it's underneath that dirt until it begins to pop up. And even then, you're not always sure because that could be weeds. Mm-hmm. That could be weeds. There's always something growing. You know what I mean? But you can see it growing. And that was always interesting to me. It's like, wow, okay, I can really see this beginning to take place. But sometimes you can't see it. You know, sometimes you can see. Sometimes you can see. And even I always reference back to the weight because it was always a good example for me to see some changes. But it's like, you don't see changes initially. You know what I mean? And what kind of keeps you going is once you do see change, you know that you don't see change immediately. So I'm just going to keep going because I know I'm putting this work in. You know what I mean? Right. And even, even in the chapter that I was in, you know, prior to going into wanting to start this podcast, I know that I'm putting work in. We're starting a business. I'm putting this work in, but I'm like, I don't see nothing. I don't see anything. But if it wasn't for me going through previous experiences of harvesting to realize that, hey, you ain't going to see something all the time at the beginning, but I need for you to know that it's growing. If I hadn't experienced that or if nobody ever told me that, if I didn't have faith, that is something growing underneath there. Oh, I'd have been, oh I'm done. Right. You know on to what I mean? the next. Yeah, on to the next. This trial and run situation that right. keeps on happening. Right. And that's, you're not patient enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that patience is that patience is huge. And I feel like I've, I've become so patient um, in the years, but still be learning the difference between patience and, and uh, procrastination. Okay. Because you can you can be patiently procrastinating. There, there must be work done while patience is taking right. place. You know That's what I mean? the key part. You know, um, good things come to those who, who, who wait, should have had a comma, and then end work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's so many phrases that, that that's attached to, um, you know, as far as even what happened. Faith, faith without works is dead. So you got to work. You got to put this work in and have that faith in <laughs> There is a fruit fly that has been in here just doing whatever he pleases. He has lent, like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. But anyway, sorry, guys. But um, <laughs> that patience, like, is so critical. But even being able to have the faith that is growing out there. Like, if you would take these farmers, for example, they got these huge fields, you know what I mean, of crops out there. And... Even for example, like let's say that the, the harvest is late. It's late this year. And if they sit in there and say, you know what, I'm not seeing anything. Or even there may be a certain time where they're not growing as consistently or as rapidly as they may normally grow. If he throw in the towel like that, it's gonna be That's a bad it. year. That's it. Well this is it this year. We're done. We're done. Family screwed. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be some faith and there has to be some some uh what's the word i'm looking for there has to be some experience i guess with this and that's where it comes back to the things we overlook because there's so many little things that we overlook that give us examples of growth in our life so when it comes to new growth we got to have that patience you know what i mean like learn how to walk i don't think it's a person alive that jumped out the womb and was a g at walking you know what i mean like 
I don't. If there is, I would love to meet him. Who just jumped out and he Ooh, was, was he like Benjamin Button, right? Like fancy legs, you know what I mean? <laughs> just ready to go. Like the same thing with riding a bike. Like, yeah, it 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 takes some practice. Like when you fall off that bike that first time, you have no idea that you're getting better. Just falling makes you better. You know what I mean? Because you start to realize, hmm, not a real big fan of falling. No. I'm, I'm going to get this because if I fall one more time, boom, there you go. Before you finish it again, back on yet. You know what I mean? So it's that there's growth in that, even if you're not seeing it. You know what I mean? Definitely. There's growth in it. You got to have that faith. You have to have a strong belief system. Absolutely. Because if not, then it's, just, it's so hope deferred. I feel like I encounter a lot of situations and a lot of individuals who are just hope deferred. And they're looking at you like, wow, this person is so great. And it's just like, you know, it's, like, I'm not, it's not that I'm so great. It's just like I am aware of the powers that I possess. Right. But I know I'm stronger if you know that you possess the similar right. powers. Right. You know, so it's like that's what's always going back and being present in those situations because – we're greater together than we are ever separated. Absolutely. And if if I just go and get all mine, and I live in a in, in a, on an island far away, and yeah, it's peaceful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I've right. been drinking pina coladas and right all day. You know, some people with the long leaves and rubbing my shoulders. Right. Yeah, that feels awesome. But there's people at stake. You know, people are sick. People are dying. And if I can't reach out a helping hand. And it's not always giving money. It's not always giving resources. Sometimes it's just listening. Right. And you don't always have to talk. We right. have two ears and one mouth. Absolutely. So sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes it's helping us. An old lady grab her groceries. It's small things like that of being conscious in your surroundings to be aware of what's going on around you. And I and that's part of you know what I walk in and what I believe is. It goes so farther than a dollar, two dollars can go to someone. You know. I got, you always see homeless people and like, you know, give me a dollar, give me two dollars. And it's like, well, are you hungry? Right. What's your need besides just money? I want to go to the root. And I'm, I feel like I'm that type of person. And yeah, sometimes I'm going to hurry, I'll throw a dollar. But if you catch me on the, on the right moment, the right time, most likely I'm going to ask you, are you hungry? Right. Because if you're, I know me, <laughs> I get hungry, I get hangry. And right. it's not a good thing. Not a good thing. You don't want people out here hungry. Absolutely. That drives to other things. Absolutely. If we can, if we can just solve that problem, right. I feel like across the board, then we'll be in a, a lot better situation. I remember this guy. I ran into him. It was during the uh, Republican convention, and um, I had known him from a while ago, and um, I seen him down at the Republican convention, and he was down there. Um, he was on some hard times. So some hard times. And um, I gave him my number because I was really trying to figure out how I could help this brother, you know, because I know I didn't have an abundance of money. But maybe I can maybe help you figure out what the problem is. Maybe we can find a solution. So I gave him my contact, and I remember him uh, saying, uh, do you mind if we pray? mind if we pray after we this? And I remember him, he did that before, so that was kind of his thing, you know, mind if we pray together? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. We can pray. So... I get home and uh, I'm on Facebook and um, I'm just scrolling and I remember seeing some guy, uh, they had some Facebook post and it was about a guy prays with local cop, uh, prays with local police officer and uh, it was him. 
And he was out there because that was his thing. Like, he wasn't doing it for, you know, publicity or nothing. That was his thing. Like, he, you know, he likes to pray over people after conversations. So he had seen the cop, and they had caught him. The news had caught him. Some out-of-town news company had caught him. And this thing had maybe, like, 500 views on it. And I'm like, huh, good for him. Good for him. And so he called. I sent him a morning motivation the next day. I sent him a morning motivation because that was my... First day I had got his number, I was like, let me send him motivation. It seemed like he might need a little juice. So I sent him the motivation, and he calls me. <laughs> he calls me immediately. And I was lightweight kind of thrown off because I'm trying to send out the rest of my messages to people. I'm like, man, I'm trying to send these messages out. Brother, I say, so what's... He said, how... I said, how you doing, man? He said, oh, man, I got this going on, this going on. I got my money finances going on. And I think somewhere in the midst here, he might have slid in. How you doing? He might have led with that. I said, I'm, I'm great, brother. You know, every day's a good day. How you doing? You know, I got this, I got that. I got my money issues, man. If I can just get a few extra dollars, I'm trying to get some money. And I'm sitting there, I'm listening to him. I'm like, man, this brother's really looking at this glass half empty thing. And I'm like, you know, bro, I mean, your situation may not be something that you may need money you know what i mean you may need another angle in this situation and i'm sitting here and i'm just listening to him speaking so negatively about the situations and i'm like and as he's talking i go on facebook because mm. i'm about to get that link because i wanted to see what the link was because i'm about to use it i'm about to use it against him in a court of law and uh <laughs> but i'm looking at it, i want to see how many views was on it so i say as i'm looking for it i say bro i mean you're in a pretty good situation you just went viral last night you know what I mean? What you what's what's so wrong? Like, cause he's talking about getting exposure. I'm like, bro, you just went viral, and he like, what you talking about? I say, you got a clip on Facebook. Like, you talking about exposing yourself? You don't need money, cause this is something that you could turn into some type of finance. I mean, cause he's talking about. I'm like, even for example, a world star. Like, you can, you know what I mean? You can use this to your advantage. It's not always money that you need, especially if you're trying to spread this juice and you're out, clearly out here praying for people. Hmm. So it's like, your problem may not be money. Your problem may be, you know, you could use this to another way. So I click on the clip, and I think by the time I clipped on that clip, this thing had probably like 15, 25,000 views on it. It had like 15. He had never seen it. <laughs> He hadn't seen it, so I sent him the link. I haven't heard from him since, so <laughs> apparently he's good. I, I just so randomly clicked on it, like, maybe a day or two ago. This thing was up to, like, 1.2 million. Wow. Like, <laughs> it was so funny because it's, like, it's not always the money, man. Mm -hmm. It's not always the money. Like, there's so many fruits in this pasture that, you know, are beneficial, you know what I mean, to your growth or to even putting you in a better situation. One thing that I've learned about money is, like, if I'm focused on the service, if I'm focused on what I'm being, what I'm passionate about, not only so much what I'm passionate about, but being able to spread it, the money gonna come. Right. You know what I mean? The money is, the money's gonna come. And there's been some times in my life where I've been in some rough situations where I was concerned with the money and the money still came. But then there's also been situations where I've seen people that have passed away and I feel like it was very stress related. You know what I mean? I'm sure money was one of the issues. And those things kind of shaped my mind to be like, well, it's not worth that. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not worth that. And I know that if I keep my eyes focused on putting these good crops out, you know what I mean, then the money's going to be there. You know what I mean? So even, for example, to take it back to these farmers where you may have somebody who's putting 
bad stuff on the crops, you know what I mean? Versus somebody who is, you know, has a crop half the size, who may be growing it organically, is doing everything, you know, good. Yeah, you may not render the same amount of crops that this person over here is rendering by doing this a bad way, but your crops are still being beneficial to somebody. You're still supplying somebody with nutrients. You're still supplying Definitely. somebody with food. Like, your blessings and your benefit, your fruit that you're rendering from that produce is so much more greater and bountiful than you may even realize from a financial standpoint. And I guarantee you that your finances still aren't going to be into a rut. And if they are, I'm sure it'll blossom because you're still rendering a service that's beneficial to somebody else. You know what I mean? So it's definitely not always the money that can be, that is the answer to the situation. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. The money comes, for sure. The money comes. The money but it goes comes. back to what you're chasing. It comes it, back to what you're chasing. Your total motive. But I get it. I mean, I get it too. You, you come from nothing and you're mm -hmm. grinding and you, you, you want the money. You want to be in a place of sustainability, to be successful, etc. If you, especially you came from nothing, you, you always was eating the microwavables and etc. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you want something more. So you think money is, is that chase? Is that thing you're missing? Even though it's a major resource that you're missing, mm -hmm. it's not the overall answer right and i think we're realizing that more as a society each and every day each and every moment right you know, there's a lot it's a lot to be done that money cannot solve right right yeah i think it's um and even i, I when it comes back to that passion my passion isn't making money but there are people who passion is making money you know to make I mean? that bread right that's their passion like some people are passionate about sports. Some people are passionate about the art. Like some people, they're in the art of making money. Yeah. So it's like, but what I what I think people get kind of confused with is thinking that there is some type of magic uh, trick for kind of making money versus making anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's kind of the same the same formula. Especially if that's what you're passionate. If you're passionate for making money, then that's what you're going to be passionate about. What, what, what the problem is, or the issue, is that you're passionate about something else, but you just so happen to want to make money too. So that's when you got to kind of divert your focus to your passion. Dive into that passion. And the money will come. And the money will come. I heard, uh, what was I reading? Um, I want to say it was Zero Limits. But um, I remember he was saying, uh, you put that number, put the number out there. And then after you put the number out there, don't worry about the number. Put the number on there and then focus back on the service. You know what I mean? Focus back on the service that you're rendering to get that. To get that. Definitely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been enlightening. It has, as usual. like always. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, I want to thank you for coming out to the Surreal Life. Y'all, uh, where can they find out more information? You can hit me up on Twitter, um, Alicia L. Ellis, A-L-Y-S-H-A-L-E-L-L-I-S, -L -L at Twitter. Same on Instagram and Facebook and Snap. That's A-L-Y-S-H-A-L-E-L-L-I-S. All right. Sounds good to me. And uh, y'all stay tuned. Like, as usual, I told you I'm a... Hit y'all with some new music after this here from your boy S.I.R. 
And um, new podcast coming, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Every other Sunday, I'm going to be hitting y'all. So stay tuned. And once again, you got the juice. What you going to do with it?